Make sure to check out the Sunday School video for today. It's on the topic of love. When the rivers run, when shines the sun, we can clearly see the masterpiece of God. When the moonlight glows and blooms a rose, there can be no doubt it was God who Oh, I can be so dear.
Around Christmas time, there tends to be a lot of focus on Christ's first coming, you know, the first time that, that Christ was born and how he entered into this world. But, you know, in this lesson and, and today, I want us to look at Matthew's gospel, and, and we will start almost at the very beginning of Matthew's gospel, and we're going to end up pretty much at the end of, of Matthew's gospel. Of course, we're going to have to skip several, uh, a lot of chapters along the way. But in this gospel that Matthew has given us, I want us to see that this, this coming of Christ, that it was actually announced by several different individual sources. And that means something to us. Each one of these sources can mean something to us and how we proclaim the gospel message and, and really how the, the gospel message is proclaimed to the world today. The first way that we're going to look at, the first uh, individual source of this proclamation, is that creation itself proclaims. And to this, we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 2. Now, around this time, of course, with, with Christmas time, you know, we, we really focus on the lights. I've always kind of loved the, the decorations for Christmas time with all the lights. I just think it's, it's really beautiful whenever it's starting to get dark earlier on that we can have those Christmas lights that kind of help light the way a little bit. And I really like how our town, that we've got Christmas lights that go throughout the town and that we can we can uh, see those decorations whenever we go through it. But the idea of, of light is something that is very important uh, at, at this time of year and, and also when we think about Jesus coming into the world. One of those stories that Matthew here is the one that records this is about a star that was in the sky. This is part of creation, but this part of creation actually reveals something about our God. This part of creation reveals uh, Jesus's first coming. Matthew chapter 2 verses 1 through 8. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. When Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared, he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. So in this passage, we, we see this, this beautiful proclamation that creation itself sometimes has revealed Jesus's coming. But I kind of stopped the story maybe a little bit too soon because there's a little bit more. So let's keep looking um, past this and, and let's see. You know, we, we see that they see this star, these magi from the east. And I, I wish we knew more about them. And, you know, obviously, I mean, I, we can go into more details about who they might have been. And I, I've heard some different arguments for they might have come from this location or that location. I'm not going to get into any of those things right now because, well, I mean, really, it, it doesn't matter all that much. If it was really, really important, it would have been specifically included in here. But the important thing is, is it's these wise men who are wisely searching for what creation has revealed to them, to them that the Messiah was born, that something very, very special is happening. And that something very special was the birth of Jesus Christ. Well, let's keep reading, though, in Matthew chapter 2. This time, verses 9 through 12. 
After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Now, you know, in this passage, we see this, this beautiful occasion where God saw fit that he was going to use part of creation, this star, to reveal the coming of Jesus Christ. Now, God does not always use creation to reveal his son, but he most certainly has done this time and time again. For example, you know, we can go throughout the book of Matthew. We're not going to look at, at these other occasions. I just kind of want to mention them to you and kind of bring them up in your mind. But, you know, for example, do you remember whenever Jesus stilled the storm? Whenever that storm stilled, everybody was like, okay, well, who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. It was obvious that creation was announcing Jesus is someone special. Whenever a sick person came to Jesus Christ and was healed, wasn't that part of creation crying out and proclaiming Jesus is someone special? And we see this time and time again, right here, even at his birth or around the time of his birth, we see that this star proclaimed and pointed to Jesus Christ, the Messiah that they've been waiting for. So yes, God sometimes does use creation to reveal his son. But you know, sometimes it's other ways in which God reveals it. In fact, sometimes it's humans who announce this. And that's the next uh, individual source of this proclamation is that humans proclaim Jesus and his coming, his first coming. And to this, we're going to look actually in the next chapter in Matthew chapter three, and we're going to find out about uh, John the Baptist. Now, of course, we could have picked almost any chapter in Matthew's gospel, even Matthew's gospel as a whole. It is a human that is proclaiming this message that Jesus has come. And the importance of that message. But we're going to actually look at the person of John the Baptist. I just think he's a wonderful proclaimer of this great message that Jesus came. In Matthew chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 12, and we're going to skip just a little section there, but, but in verses 1 through 12 kind of shows us about John the Baptist and his message. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locust and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. And part of what we're, we're skipping is the fact that some of these people who came uh, were not necessarily pleased with John's message. They were some of those scribes and Pharisees, the, uh, uh, the those who were the, the religious leaders. They didn't always like what John was doing. And John actually proclaims this after seeing that, that group of people who came. Picking back up now in verse 11, John says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. I can't help but, but think that that last little section, of course, was, was targeted toward those Pharisees and those, 
those religious leaders who were not really repenting and not really accepting this message that John the Baptist was proclaiming. But his message was that Jesus is come, that something great is happening in their midst. That's why John actually went out and, and why he was baptizing. And God sometimes, in fact, he oftentimes uses humans to announce his news, to announce the, the coming of Jesus. And here we see this, this John's message. And we see that this message, it pointed to Jesus. I mean, after all, that should be what our message points toward as well. And in fact, just a few verses later uh, from this in, in Matthew uh, chapter three, we find out that Jesus is actually baptized by John. Uh, and you know, this is all part of this message of what John is proclaiming, that Jesus is something great and Jesus is in their midst. They need to pay attention that Jesus has come. But you know, whenever Jesus is baptized by John, there's actually another announcement, an, another individual source of, of proclamation of this message. Do you remember that whenever Jesus is baptized, there's a voice from heaven that says, this is my son. See, sometimes the father is the one that proclaims. Our father, our heavenly father, he proclaims Jesus. You know, sometimes that's how uh, God has chosen to proclaim it. God sometimes actually stepped into his creation and he is the one who announced the message. He is the one who proclaimed Jesus is Messiah. Jesus has come. One of those occasions where the, our father speaks up was, was there at Jesus's baptism. But another example that I want us to fast forward to is actually comes to us from Matthew chapter 17. This is the story that we might call the, uh, you know, mountain of transfiguration. But at, among these verses, we see this amazing story. Let, let's look at this. Matthew chapter 17, verses one through eight. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then, there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to, to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. This passage is so amazing for, for many reasons, you know, one of which this is kind of one of those few times in the New Testament or, or in the Gospels that we get our Father just speaks up. You know, he's the one who he's going to proclaim this message right now. You know, sometimes he uses creation. Sometimes he uses humans to messengers. But this time he does it himself. He just speaks up and he is the one that is proclaiming this message. But when you notice this message, that is proclaimed right here, it's very similar, yet a little different from what he said whenever Jesus was baptized. When Jesus was baptized, that was at the very beginning of his ministry. In fact, that was the start of his ministry. But right here in verse four, the statement that comes from heaven is, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am very, uh, I am well pleased. Listen to him. That's the message that our father proclaimed, was listen to Jesus. Jesus is very important. Jesus still needs to be proclaimed today. 
And we see in verse 8 that whenever they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. Now, see, these examples that we've looked at today, all of them point toward Jesus Christ. All of them point toward Christ. Whether it be the creation, that star that pointed to the place of Jesus, where he was, where he was staying at that time. Or whether it be humans, messengers like John the Baptist, who was proclaiming the greatness that's found in Jesus Christ. Or in this case, here in Matthew 17, it's our Heavenly Father who is proclaiming this wonderful news that Jesus has come and that Jesus is changing everything and that we need to, like what verse 5 says, listen to him. That's why whenever they looked up in verse 8, they saw no one except Jesus. That's because he is so important. He is so crucial to this message, to this story that is proclaimed. All these examples, creation, humans, and our Father, they all point toward Christ. You know, it only makes sense that our message today should do the same thing, that it needs to point toward Jesus Christ. And I want us to, to see that and, and to think about this. You see, we also proclaim. We proclaim that Jesus has come. And I want us to, to look at the very end of Matthew's gospel. And this is what we call the, the Great Commission. But it's what we have been given. This is, needs to be our proclamation today. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, some of the last words that our Lord spoke. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. In Matthew's gospel, this is, this is what it was leading to, that this is after Jesus has already come. You know, his first coming, he, he's already come. He's already been among them. He's actually already died at this point. He's already been buried and he's already raised up from the dead. And after he was raised from the dead, this is what he told his disciples. He told them to go and to make more disciples. In fact, make more disciples of all the nations. And whenever you make the, the, the disciples of all these nations, you baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then you continue to teach them to obey everything that Jesus has been teaching them all along. And Jesus promises to be with them always to the very end and he gives us that same promise we have the same call the same commission that this is what we need to proclaim we need to proclaim that yes this wonderful message that jesus has been born but also that he lived his life he gave us an example of how we should live he died on that cross to forgive us of our sins and he's also risen from the dead this is the message that we could proclaim of what happened at Christ's first coming. And I hope that you'll check back with us next week. And, and next week, I plan on us looking at what that second coming of Christ is going to be like. But for now, let's remember how great that first one was. That call that we have been given here in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, that we call the Great Commission. It has to do with, you know, our part in this message. We have to proclaim this message. But we also, you know, have to be baptized ourselves. We have to continue to go out and, and to baptize others and then continue to teach them. Jesus is going to be with us always. He's given us that promise. And the ones who proclaim this message might look very different from time to time. Sometimes God uses creation. Sometimes God uses human messengers. 
sometimes our father just speaks up himself. And we most certainly see that we've been given the call that we have to proclaim this message. Let's make sure that we proclaim this message, both with the words that we speak, but also our actions that we do every single day. Let's make sure that we are following Jesus Christ. God the Father of all men, ruler of all nations, master of the universe, Lord of all creation, can it be that we are the people of the Yeah.